Welcome to the UK and Mad podcast, episode 91. I'm Josh. I'm Tim. And I'm Dave. And on this week's episode, HVAC tips from a pro. Welcome back to the UK Man Podcast, where we believe what one man can do, you can do as well. But you got to have a little help from your friends and the proper know-how. We hope to give you guys the proper know-how about some HVAC stuff. We haven't covered this before, uh, HVAC topic. Yeah, we've a whole kind lot. of, uh, you know, been around the bush a little bit a couple times, yeah. but never done a deep You know, dive. I think it's probably because we don't really know a whole lot about yeah. HVAC. And so we had to bring in a pro. So we've got Tim Willis with Summit Heating and Air. It's in the Metro Atlanta area, uh, heating and air company. Tim, say hello. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so we've got Tim here, and he's got extensive experience in HVAC systems and is going to be giving us uh, some tips and also just going into more of his entrepreneurial story of how he started Summit and that sort of thing. And so we're going to be getting into all of that. But guys, first, what's been going on? So uh, today I am in, you know, day 197 of a bathroom renovation. Total Josh (laughs) mode. So, you know, broke ground July something, still going. Um, what exactly are you doing now? He's re- re- renovating I, his entire bathroom. Well, I knows, see right? about today. I know, but I, I see the miter saw come out of the garage like every weekend, yeah. and I'm like, "What? What yeah. are you?" So I do doing? now. I'm like in the bits and pieces because I can't find like a big chunk of time. So I'm like, I'll do a few pieces of trim. Like You're stuck doorway. in the ten percent, the last ten percent of the job it. it takes He's, forever. That's the whole job right. for you, though. <laughs> yeah. I saw I ran into Josh at Home Depot yesterday. He's just like aimlessly like looking oh, around at shelves. Doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Yeah. I was looking for normal paper dusks, dust masks. Can't get those anymore at Home Depot, at least. Anyway, yeah. So our tile, we were, you know, trying to save our this old tile. It was in good shape. Like as far as structurally, it was fine. So we saved it and like renovated literally everything else. Every single piece of anything in that bathroom down to the studs. Saved the tile. Well, now the tile doesn't look that awesome because it has all this new stuff around it. And anyway, we tried all every cleaner we can think of, every concoction imaginable on Pinterest, and nothing really worked. It's just kind of beat up and worn. So we're painting. Did you painting. try muriatic acid? Didn't. Not interested. Um, <laughs> that's, that's scary stuff. Yeah. yeah and, but uh, hey, it's like last resort, though. I mean, if you tried everything. It, yeah, it was, it was actual damage to it. So anyway, we're going with this two-part epoxy paint that rustoleum puts out that everyone it's basically like a new ceramic seal on right. on on top of your tile that you painted on anyway that stuff stinks and everybody on the internet was like this stuff really stinks does it still look like tile when you're done with yeah it? it's you- like the same consistency but the grout is now everything's one color now yeah. which was it was already white tile with light grout but there's the one guy in the amazon review that's like oh it's not that bad because there's like 50 Uh, 50 people complaining about the smell. And then one guy is like, it's not that bad. It was an hour. Like, it'll go away. By the way, I've got COVID, so I can't smell anyways. And I'm like, well, I'm that guy. Like, that's me because I'm I'm tough. And so, of course, like 15 minutes in, I'm getting high as a kite. And I like my wife's upstairs like, what's that smell? So we left the house like we we Whoa. I did two coats and now I'm like super, super, you know, driving my you kids feel around different. Um, 
Anyway, we left, went out to a restaurant to just get out of the house for a few hours and with the windows open. And then it was 48 degrees when I got back. Anyway, that's what's been going on. This bathroom is giving me trouble, that last 10%. But okay. we're getting there. Dave, what about you, man? I just want to back up and say, look, as the resident engineer, uh, tile's not structural. Okay, so. I said, you said the structure of it. You said good. it's structurally okay. <laughs> and I just want to tell you. Thank you. It's not a structural <laughs> member. Okay? I concede that point. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all you've got. That's all I got is, is uh, criticism of Josh. Okay. Yeah. I've had some knee issues. I'm 39 years old, guys. And I uh, ran seven and a half miles the other yeah, day. Yeah, out of nowhere. That That's why it. you have knee issues. I know. <laughs> I keep uh, running Tim's too like, much. I ran nine miles and my knee hurts. I'm like. Yeah, we know. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, Tim, you got anything to add random that's been going on with you? Uh, you, you said you, you were building a fence, so I, there's that. I did. We have stupid dogs that every time we run open the door, they, they run free. And so we, uh, we've we been building a fence. And, nice. Uh, had, uh, I have two teenagers that didn't want to help. And you got to so, fence them in too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. we, we got to do we got to do the DIY scale for the guests. Oh, I'm for the getting guests. to it, Dave. All right. I'm getting. I don't want to you to it. forget. Okay, so we always ask our guests, "Where are you on the DIY scale?" So zero to is, ten. This is uh, zero to ten. Okay. I, you're going to be really high up there. I mean, and you know, and it, it feels weird kind of asking a pro this, but you're very you know niche. Which H, with HVAC niche, but I would niche. I would assume niche. Yeah, whatever. 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 There's some tradespeople that may not know. You know, they do HVAC. Maybe they don't know anything about a car. Quit this leading his answer. All right, let the man answer. Okay, God. where are you? This is all encompassing. All, Josh is all a one. Encompassing. Dave's a ten. That's all you need to know. Okay, that's fair. The uh, I'd say I'm pretty high up there. The uh, I I'm actually backed down from what I what I would used to consider myself. Uh, I used to do everything that I possibly could. Age will do that to you. I yeah. Think. The uh, and I realize sometimes sometimes it does make sense to pay for things. Yeah. Uh, however, uh, I mean, I'm falling up at the nine level. Oh, yeah. for sure. Solid. I, I can see it. Like if I you, love if I love gonna, fixing things. If you're gonna do your own fence, you're not a DIY. Novice. Uh, yeah, novice. It's not a hard job, but it's just, I don't know. It's something that you never do. It's a lot do. to bite off. It is. Well, you oversaw, we're basically GC on a, y'all bumped out the back of your last house, right? Yeah, that was the, probably the biggest project that we've, that, that I've ever done. Like I, I acted as the, I GC'd our own 1200 square foot addition on our house. Nice. And so we did a bunch of the mechanicals. Uh, underneath our company, but it was just me and one of our guys doing it. Uh, but uh, the uh, it's interesting though. That was one of the things that started the uh, idea of we paid someone to pour our basement, and oh, I paid right. someone to frame it. And the uh, but those were things that I would have loved to have done. But I'm like, it would have taken us 37 years to do. <laughs> right. so I'm but like, if, if you can act as the GC on that kind of job, that's where I mean, you can save. A ton of money. You're not going to do. You're not going to do it as cheaply as you could if you did everything. But acting as the GC, where you don't bring in a company and have the company act as the GC, right? You're just you're going to save yeah. a lot of money that way. We probably on that job. I mean, it, us just doing. Some, I mean, we just did the plumbing and the electrical and a couple other the the ten percent details that literally kill you on every uh, every DIY project ever. But I mean, we probably saved half of what we would have paid a general oh, no contractor doubt. to yeah. do. So. No doubt. Well, I want to get into what led you up to starting your own heating and air company. So if you could take us back, I don't know how many years ago that was that you decided I'm going to get into HVAC. 
But I know you have some commercial H- HVAC experience, and now you mostly do residential, I think, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. That's pretty right? accurate. Uh, so I want to get into all of that. So what what in the world made you decide you wanted to get into HVAC to begin with? Maybe that's the best question to start with. Sure. The uh you know, it's funny. I don't. A lot of people ask me, you know, if, you know, how'd you get into heating and air? And it's usually you, you know somebody, your your dad did it, your brother did it, or something like that. And that was not me. I I think my uncle did a version of it in Florida, who I didn't even really grow up with. That was the closest I actually got to that. They industry. only have window units down there, so it's not really. <laughs> I don't know, man. Florida does not is not you know a thing without heating and air. That's for sure. Um, but no, I. Uh, it's funny. I went to. Uh, went to college. I got a degree. I have a criminal justice degree, which is hugely applicable. It helps to, you out a lot in the yeah, HVAC world. I, it's zero helpful <laughs> to me having that uh, where I am. However, uh, I did meet my wife there. But um, it's funny. I, I I had gotten a couple of jobs out of out of college, like real like you know grown up jobs, and uh, I had gotten into the construction industry doing some construction sales, and I loved that. Like I loved the construction industry just in general. And then that was kind of at the uh, the onset of the building market collapse mm-hmm. in in '08, and so that was really sad for me because my job that. I don't know how long I would have been at, but it ended up uh, leading me to uh, some other jobs that I would not have otherwise taken, which led to other jobs that I would not have otherwise taken. And then eventually I just realized that I want to do something else. I want to do something different and ensure the economy was difficult. But my my father sat me down one day and he's like, hey, he calls me Timmy. He's like, Timmy, you should maybe consider doing a trade. These uh, these other cubicle desk jobs aren't seem working out for you too well. And so... Uh, so we did. And so I ended up um, going back to school. I got a, uh, um, I took a part-time job pulling out duck work, 10 bucks an hour with two kids and a, and a wife and a crappy dog and just went back to school and just started over. Got a, another degree in heating and air and kind of worked simultaneously. And then it's funny, the moment I did that, though, that was the first time I ever got traction in my career. You know, it's not... You know, I I went to a total other industry and a total total other world, and and all of a sudden, like I had never been promoted before, not ever. The uh, with my degree, and you know, I, I interview super great, and then, but then I get in person, and it was kind of like you're not doing so great. But <laughs> and so when I got into like a trade and into heating and air, it was I, I got a lot of traction, and it was kind of a a good trajectory for me. That is super interesting to hear you say that you went through, you know, four-year traditional college degree and then went back to trade school. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that surely there's not many people that do that, I would imagine. I mean, maybe it's there's not yeah. the most common path. I, it can't be. Yeah. I would say that we, you know, my wife and I have a very uncommon path and there's probably, I don't know many people that have done that. And and quite honestly, I don't know that you have to go to trade school to to learn a trade in the field. Training is super, super big, but uh, it was just the one I knew to, I'm like, let's just start there. And, and you went specifically for heating and air. No? Yeah. So the reason why I actually chose heating and air, again, wasn't because I knew someone, but uh, heating and air... Uh, encompasses all of the trades, real, like all the mechanical contra- mm-hmm. trades. So if you know doing this or doing heating and air, you have to know how to do electrical work. You have to understand electrical circuits and how that works and how switches work. And so if you can understand that, then that's a component of heating and air. 
there's less applicable plumbing sections, but the, you have to know how to run pipe and 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 connect things and, and do some plumbing aspects. And then there's uh, if you get into new construction work, there's I mean there's carpentry involved. So there were so many aspects that it was like. You know, and then the refrigeration side that that's that that's the side that, you know, why people dance around this as a topic, but don't really dive in because a lot of people don't know about it. So because of what it encompassed, I, I felt like I would be so much more of a well-rounded DIYer or tradesman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like just from the construction side, I felt like the education coming from that is tremendous. And Oh, it, for sure. And it has been. That makes a lot of sense that it encompasses encompasses a, a ton of other stuff. And that totally makes sense. So let's, okay. So you, you went through school, you're out of school, you get a job with, uh, did you, you start in commercial stuff or did you do no, residential? I started working for just uh, the, the proverbial guy in a truck. And uh, it was, it was every bit of that. I mean, there's a million heating and air trucks riding around Atlanta. I mean, on mm-hmm. the summer, I mean, it's like, you know, car, heating and air truck, car, heating and air truck everywhere. But yeah, I ended up getting on with this guy in one of those trucks. And we, uh, I worked for him for, I don't know, like a, maybe like a year and a half. And then he actually, it's funny, uh, in Atlanta, the, the summertime heating and air industry is a, uh, summertime super, super busy. You'll do 75% of your revenue in six or seven months. Mm-hmm. And then surprise cold weather or mild weather moves in and people open their windows because it's nice outside. And uh, heating and air company's phones stopped ringing and he's sure. he had done it forever and it, every year that seemed to surprise him that <laughs> <laughs> that the weather turned nice <laughs> and so he he let me know that I didn't he couldn't afford to have me working with him anymore uh and so I found a job working at an, another small residential company for a little while and then I did that for ah, only like 6 months but Going from there, I ended up getting a, a job working, doing light commercial work on all the the Publix and the Kroger storefronts that you'd see and all the little subsequent buildings next to it. I, I spent many, 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 many hours on top of those just fixing these, you know, 5,000 square foot mm-hmm. places. And, and so I spent a couple of years doing that before I broke out and did my own thing. Okay. So you were working, doing the commercial thing for a while. And what made you, what lit that fire under you to say, screw this, I'm going to do my own thing? Um, that's a that's a tough question right there. That's uh, when I was really, really little, my dad, I don't know where the entrepreneurial side of it happened, but I have all sorts of stupid little companies that I, I tried to start. The stupid of which I, I will share here, regrettably, is uh, I... I thought of the easiest low hanging fruit, like what's the easiest thing you can start? Because I always wanted to start something. And so I started a, a, a window cleaning service called Window Panes. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. With with pun included, you know, it was the whole pun thing. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Like I sold pencils door to door when I was a kid, so yeah. it doesn't get much dumber than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than, unless you named your company Window Panes. <laughs> <laughs> that was – and I, it was it was awful. I had a full-time job and working that and that was – that did that that didn't did not that was a non-starter, I would say. I think that's pretty typical of a lot of entrepreneurs. So they start a lot of stuff and it doesn't work out. What's the saying? Out, you only have out. to be you only have to be right once, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. But uh, anyways, the reason why I say that is is like I've always done random little things, and uh, I used to play the lemonade game on the on your phone, and you got to buy lemons and cups and sugar and the on a Commodore sixty four when I was really little. Yeah. Nice. That was the only game, and, but it was. 
I don't know. It was just that kind of that spirit of wanting to do something. And yeah. so, and you had mentioned, you know, earlier in passing that in Atlanta, there's like HVAC truck, car, HVAC truck. I mean, that's really true. There's so many companies yeah. out there. And so just thinking about the prospect of, okay, I'm going to start my own thing when there's thousands of other little small HVAC companies all around. So, you know, what were you thinking? Just like, I, I can do it better. I mean, that had to have been your thought. So there's a funny thing is if you have a, and anyone listening to me is uh, if you have a, an electrical degree or, or like, you know, a trade of any kind, or even in the service industry, if you can show up and smile yes, and, and say, Hey, I'm going to charge you this much and I'm going to fix this. And you do. You'll be successful. You're better than probably what ninety percent. We totally talked about this so many times. This was coming. I mean, this was one of the topics when we started this podcast because um, you know part of life. You know, you do a lot of things yourselves, but part of life is you got to call in a professional at sure. times. And yeah, if someone tells you they're going to be there and they show up, sadly, we're, as a homeowner, you're like, like, oh my gosh, this guy. He told me nine thirty, and he was there. Like yeah. that that's is, that's the bar, right? right? That is the bar. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great um, point. And so, and so we did like we, uh, you know, my, my wife has a pretty big network of people. She, she knows and the, like we were pretty connected just with schools and church and just different sports and stuff. And so it would just, people knew that, Hey, Tim and Jen are starting a heating and air company. And then like, and I should have mentioned your wife earlier, cause this wasn't just you, obviously this, I mean, this is very much a partnership kind of thing between you and your wife starting this. Yeah. So not everybody always asks, you know, did your wife, does she do the books is, is, is the question I get. Uh, Jen is our, has probably ever from, ever since the beginning is always been our chief marketing officer. Uh, we're not a big company by the way. And so that position is, you know, exclusive to her. <laughs> uh, but she's the reason why the phone rang because of her social connections of just, being online and, and those pieces and gave me the opportunity to just get in front of people to show up on time. Yeah. And if you do that, they, people refer you. But, uh, so she's worked in different capacities like that, but, uh, she, she's not your traditional, like, you know, she would answer the phone some, and then we eventually hired somebody to hire, answer the phone, which has been so amazing actually. That's um, awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Well, good deal. So I wanted to, we were, we had a few questions for you Okay. and then, uh, just for our listeners, uh, we are, he is good. Tim is going to share some tips for us in the bonus segment. So he's got like a list of things that homeowners should definitely know, or, you know, just some facts and stuff that interesting things, uh, that homeowners should know about their HVAC system. But we, we just had some random questions that we we're going to go around and then we'll get to that bonus segment. So I had a question about, do you have like an exclusive deal with a certain company yes. with your HVAC? Because do you have to use them? Like, what is the deal with that? Do you have some sort of... You're talking part? about like a brand? Yes, a, yes, a yes. Big, so like, like every, a Ream or it a seems like It seems like each each HVAC company says, well, we, we exclusively sell this or that. And you're being a smaller company too. Did you do that? Or do you only sell certain types? And... Or what do you what do you like? You know, man, that's a great question. The uh, I feel like I want to like watch my back before I say these things <laughs> because uh, the uh, here what I have found is this is I feel like I have fixed as many air conditioners of any 
brand, like I, I can't tell you which one I have fixed more being mm-hmm. like, this is a bad system. So there's no like Buick of, uh, <laughs> so, so Buick you're like, in 1954. Yeah, Buick is the, that's not the one you would want to buy. <laughs> yeah. That's the Oldsmobile of heating and air work. Um, now what I tell people is this, and that's actually a really common question. They're like, what brand, you know, they, you can go to consumer reports and you can go and you can Google, you know, is this a good brand or a bad brand? And like everything online, you'll find that you can make or an argument for or against any brand of heating and air out there, period. They've all had class action lawsuits. They've all had, you know, issues. And this mm-hmm. person, you know, they used to have this brand forever. And now, you know, they had a really bad experience and they, they hated it. I heard they moved this factory to Mexico. Yeah. They did. Yeah. And <laughs> the, uh, the uh, you know, newsflash, most of the heating and air equipment that you purchase has been manufactured overseas. And it is assembled either here or somewhere, you know. You know, continentally connected to, you know, the USA here. Uh, but I, I tell people that heating and air equipment, from my perspective, has been commoditized and that if you had a heating and air graveyard and you take the colors out of it, you know, and the branding, I'm not going to be able to tell you probably what came from what brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so which leads me then to say is uh, it really matters so much more who puts the equipment in and how it was done versus what sp- brand was that's specifically. Great, okay, that's, that's good to know. So, yeah. but given all that, who <laughs> who do you use? Yeah, that's, yeah, but still, no, yeah. no. That, so, okay, so <laughs> so all things being the same, right? If I can buy the same air conditioner from all these different suppliers, uh, we buy uh, we install carrier equipment. And the reason why is not again the the equipment's good. They got they have great equipment, right? Like as you get in their high end stuff, it's just it's really neat. You know they got some cool things. Uh, but uh, we install carriers because who sells carrier? The company that sells it services us as a company so well. It comes from a company called Mingledorf's uh, to where in the heating and air supplier world, they're like the Chick Fil A of heating and air suppliers. When we've had issues and problems, they've like sent like highly qualified frac- factory people to these job sites with us, like at the drop of a hat. And it's just allowed us to be such a better company. That's cool. And so if I can buy the same equipment for the same amount or lesser, I mean, pretty average amount as far as what I'm paying for it. If I can buy that equipment from the, another company that maybe it's a, more of an economic brand and maybe it's a couple hundred dollars less for you, the customer, but it comes from a big warehouse where there's a couple guys working there and they're just, here's your equipment. And then it just stops there. When I have issues, the ability and for technical support, all those things, like I would say buyer beware at that point. So, okay. Okay. Guys, what you got? Yeah, so I got a question. Um, full disclosure, my wife worked for Ream for many years yes. in marketing. I'm, I'm so excited so, to hear what you have so to say. So she knows all the uh, claims. <laughs> yeah, She's yeah. like the person that has to like dig in. Okay, we've made this claim. Can we actually claim that? Like she does a lot of research in that. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we sent. she sends me a screenshot. This is earlier tonight of an alarm on the thermostat that says we have a high efficiency gas furnace that was installed about six years ago. Okay. And it says low pressure switch open, inducer on high speed. Hmm. 
Man, we're putting you on the spot. Yeah, this is uh, fine. Let's go ahead. Let's do so, this. The, uh, well, he's going to have to charge you for this, Hold by on, the way. True. This is a service call. Yeah. So I've done a little research on that. And I did right, once. Say it again. Well, now he's now. It's Tim's like a low pressure switch. Low pressure switch. Now, I mean, Something. is that going to be? So, go ahead. Okay. So, I mean, I can tell. That's fine. The uh, so you said you have a low pressure. It's actually low pressure, comma switch open, comma inducer gotcha. on high speed. Uh, it sounds like either a you have a. Uh, I'd probably gosh, just I, ignore it. How, just ignore it. Well, how, I mean, <laughs> just again, clear the code. You, you can go. You can get super techie right here if you really wanted to. Is it is it currently working right now? Yes, it'll work. Like if you just so you if so you, you just clear move this. past that, it it still works. That it's been heating. Yeah. Okay. The. Uh, I don't know the uh, like we would get in there and run like you have what's called a pressure switch on your on your system that allows you know it tells you hey we're. It basically sucks all the ex- uh, exhaust out of your system, called an inducer motor, and it's uh, and sometimes those will the the pressure switches will uh, like if if it doesn't open properly or close properly or if a safety switch is open or closed, it'll go in, a, in an alarm state. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you actually have a really nice system. It's a communicating system. It's not just like most thermostats that you have. Like just say, hey system, you turn on and you make cold air, you make hot air. And that's all that it does. This system will self-diagnose. And so yeah. with this the, this specific scenario, this is kind of like, you know, uh, if you if I go to your house and you're like, you know, how do I work this really, really nice thermostat? I'm like, where's your instruction manual? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Which I've done. I've broken it out. Yeah, yeah. So, so one thing I saw with that issue was um, it, has a, it has a fresh air intake mm-hmm. on, on one side of the house. And a lot of people online were like, oh, if that gets like – any dust on it, it freaks that freaks out like that. Yeah. And so I went up in there and I could see up in the cowl and there was some like dust up under there and I, I've sucked it out um, with the vacuum. But the the alarm has come back. Still got the so um, have you have you had any, has anyone actually come out and looked at it? No. That, but that was my next question. We'll lead into the next question. Can you come tomorrow? No. My next question is, <laughs> how important is it really like on an annual basis to have a technician come to your house? And I don't care about the answer. I just want to know. Um, I think it's funny. We're on a DIY uh, yeah. uh, thing here. The uh, I would say, you know, there's there's a different schools of thought on it. But there's about four or five things that a heating and air company can come out and do. They can check. They can check safety stuff. They can clean certain things. And uh, those are some of the suggestion things that I had uh, that if you do, it will Make your system last longer. Um, if it's only six years old, you know, there's, there could be something problematic or whatever, but like there's, but it'll allow that system to stay efficient and, mm-hmm. and continue to run at a certain efficiency. It's like checking the air in your tires. Uh, so you may have someone come out and for the first, let's say you have a new system, right? The first couple of years, they can check, you know, the levels, make sure everything's doing good. And there's really, as long as it's clean and those filters are changed, I mean, it's, that's pretty, it's doing pretty okay, mm-hmm. but uh, the maintenance side of it, the the getting in front of those issues, it, it's really really comes into play when it gets eight years old, ten years old, twelve years old. That's when you that's when systems start kind of falling off the wagon, and we start finding the you know the preventative that's good, maintenance. That's good to know, um, and I appreciate that. And I don't want to like step on anything you're going to do later, but that makes sense. It just triggered me like if you're if you've got that eight or ten year old system that has a few little problems, but you let that go. Those can like kind of cascade into 
yeah. more and more things, well, that leads the more into, you let it go. That leads into my question and my question asking for a friend. Um, let's say that my I, friend – I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. My friend bought let's his house say. five to six years ago <laughs> and his or her uh, uh, units are – Let's say estimating like 15 or so years old. They're pretty old. And my friend has never had these units looked at, never been serviced. They've just been running. What? The reason I'm asking this is I used to have a tooth. Okay. And I went to the dentist. They were like, you have a cavity in that tooth. And it had never been. I'm like, I didn't know it had a cavity. I've had this tooth my whole life and it's been good. They started working on the tooth. Two two months later, the tooth takes a nosedive, and now I don't have that tooth anymore. I had to get a new one. I'm worried about that happening with my. <laughs> is this ACAC your friend? System. Is this your friend? Sorry, at, again, a mention. Talks about my friend. So the, this sounds like you're describing the scenario where you have a higher mileage car, and you you get the transmission flushed. Is that what you're talking That's about? A, I've had that happen before too, where I okay. get the transmission flushed at like 120,000 miles for the first time, and then all of a sudden. The transmission doesn't work well anymore. Like, okay. is that going to happen with my friend's system? I doubt that works, but I'm interested to hear your answer to this, Tim. I That's a good – I don't know about the tooth analogy, but that's <laughs> – Well, it that's, happened to me. Okay. okay all right. It's your friend. It's personal. Your friend. Yeah. Uh, so this is my there, – there's so many, like, cheesy analogies that, that we use to make heating and air relatable for people. And I, I compare heating and air systems to cars all the time. And so – when you look at air, when you look at cars, uh, I, I say every year on an air conditioner is about ten thousand miles on a car. So if you have fifteen year air, con- fifteen year old air conditioner, it's like I have a car that has one hundred fifty thousand miles on it. Will it make it to two hundred thousand miles? Maybe, uh, but exactly like what you're saying though is like if you have a newer car, it's going to run. If you change the oil, maybe, and put gas in it. For your first 100,000 miles, it's probably going to run. You know, you may have some issues, you know, sure. But like it, but those issues that like the, that cavity and that tooth that fell off. <laughs> it was my front tooth. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like after, like after a certain period of time, those issues compound over time. And it's kind of like little nicks over time, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, a, potentially the bottom falls off and it's kind of like your car's been running low on oil for the past 90,000 miles and you're wondering why, you know, what whatever's leaking. These so. these analogies are stressing me out right now. <laughs> okay, because the bottom's about to fall out, I'm afraid. You, sh- you <laughs> yeah. should floss more. <laughs> yeah, <I> should. <laughs> okay. Well, that was great. Um, I think we should go ahead and take the break and then we'll come back and maybe our bonus segment will be a little bit longer than normal. I don't know. We'll see. Because I'm thinking we're going to have more questions when Tim starts to Possibly, get into yes. some, of these, uh, some of these tips he's got for us. So we'll be back after the break. Community, craftsmanship, and adventure. Those three words can sum up one of our new show sponsors, Alpine Leather Co. They make handcrafted leather goods right here in the foothills of the North Georgia mountains. Now, you guys who are longtime listeners may have heard us talk about the term handcrafted and how it's just kind of tossed around by a lot of companies and doesn't really mean a whole lot. Not so with Alpine Leather Co. In fact, I've been to their shop and watched Nate, one of the owners, make something right in front of my eyes, handcrafted for sure. So if you like high quality, built to last leather goods, then go to their website and check out the amazing products that they're creating at alpineleather.co. And for being a You Can Man listener, we've even got a special promo code for you guys, which will give you 10% off at checkout. Just use the code, no spaces, 
you can man at checkout. And while you're at it, check out their Instagram at Alpine Leather Co. All right, guys, welcome back. So Tim's got some uh, some tips, some facts, some something, you know, stuff homeowners should know about their HVAC system. We kind of just left it open-ended for him and just said, hey, give us, I don't know, maybe five things. So do, our jo- do our jobs for us, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know some uh, valuable information that maybe not the average Joe would know. Okay. The uh, So y- you may end up having to edit some of this because it's going to be, you know, a wild ride. It's here. all good. So, uh, so one of the things is, is people, if you ever ask somebody how an air conditioning system works, uh, a lot of guys I'll ask that question if I'm on a service call and they're like, I, I think I know. Just can can you tell me like just, just walk like, me through it again. walk me through it again? And so and 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 it's the, the same story every time. Like most people don't really understand how they work. Um, but there's a couple of interesting things that are kind of how you can think about heating and air. Heating and air is the ability to move heat from one place where you don't want it to somewhere that it doesn't yes. matter. Okay, if you've heard that before. So if I can give you kind of a little bit of an overview of how that works, then I can kind of tell you some things that would help you see if your system's working or not or how well. I can walk up to a system by very tactile, like feeling things and just looking at things. And I know really, really, really quickly before I even put any kind of instruments on it just because. Like if the return line is hot or cold. Yeah, something right. like that. Like yeah. that's good, and some people don't even know what you just said, right? <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, how most air conditioners in where we live. I know there's, you know, you have listeners in different parts of the country, but we we have gas heat here in in the metro area. Uh, as you get farther out into you know the mountains and rural areas where they don't have a central gas service, they have what's called heat pumps where you're only using electricity to heat and cool your house. Uh, but here in Atlanta whatever radius around here, that's that's predominantly what you'll see is you'll see gas heat. And then during the summertime, you're using electricity to, to create uh, AC. Uh, but how your system works is basically you got three boxes. You got your AC unit outside. Some people call it a condenser. Some people call it your air conditioner, your AC. It was a lot of different names for it. But the, the one where you can put pine straw on top of it. Yeah. No, you put your shirt over it. It makes you look <laughs> super huge. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, we'll call that your AC outside. And then uh, inside, we got your furnace, uh, which is responsible for two things. It actually creates heat. And it also uh, has a blower that circulates all the air in your house. So even though it's a furnace and people are like, I only use my furnace in the winter. You actually use about half your furnace because half of it is that, that huge blower. You use that year round. Mm. Uh, and so, and then what sits on top of the furnace is called an evaporator coil, which is like a car. It looks like a car radiator folded in kind of in, in an A shape and shoved into a little 24 by 24 by 24 inch box, basically. And it's a radiator, essentially. And it's connected with Freon lines to the outdoor AC unit. Okay, so if I painted a picture for you, and so when you go to your thermostat, how I explain this to people is, is you say, "Hey, I want AC." Uh, what'll happen is, is first thing that happens a lot of times is the fan will turn on, so you'll feel air start moving on, or maybe simultaneously uh, the the fan will turn on, so you'll see air will come out your vents, but the outdoor unit starts to turn on, and it's got a pump in there, and it it starts pumping Freon, you know, into your evaporator coil. 
and then back out and it pumps back to the evaporator coil and back out and it just goes in a circle. Uh, but that evaporator coil all of a sudden drops in temperature to, from just its resting temperature down to like 40 degrees. And if that fan that's under sitting underneath it is blowing 75, 80 degree, you know, air that's sitting in your house through a 40 degree radiator, you get about 20 degree colder air. So if you have 75 degree air and then you push out the top of it, you get 55 degree air coming out your vents. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all that heat, my my long story and maybe where you edit this part. No, this is good. No, this is good. So what happens is, is so you, you, we lost about 20 degrees of heat, you know, cause if it was 75 degrees air before it hit that radiator and 55 going somewhere else, mm-hmm. what we did was we didn't make cold air. We sucked 20 degrees of heat, uh, out of that, uh, out of that air. The, uh, and in, in that radiator or the evaporator coil where Freon basically is circulating through it, all of it, all that heat got absorbed into your Freon or your refrigerant. This is so good because this is like the, one of these basic concepts that you're right. So many people don't know. It's dumping the heat outside. Yeah. It's not like necessarily bringing cold inside. That's right. It's dumping the heat outside. So, so that's, that, and that's exactly right. So we basically suck the heat from inside. We travel it outside, and when you go to your air conditioner outside, and you're putting your shirt over it, acting all you know, whatever. Huge, <laughs> you're, you're huge. But that that air, when you put your hand over it, is is, is pretty kind of warm, yes. hot, and it's annoying. Uh, but that literally, the heat that you feel was literally the heat that was in your house. Yep. So because that's pulling air across the yeah yeah the coils the, on the outside. Exactly, right. that's exactly right. Um, and so my one troubleshooting thing is is if your house is hot and you're like, my air conditioner is not working. I feel air coming out the vents, but you go, and if you go outside and you put your hand over that, if it's not hot, that's a problem. Even even though it's running, you see the fan outside going and, and it's just like, it feels like just air. It feels like a fan outside. Mm -hmm. That's, that's an issue, uh, which all of a sudden it's kind of like, can lead you down a couple other roads of checking Very different good. things. Yeah, and then, and you mentioned heat pumps because that's just like a mind blowing thing to me too. But it's the same concept. But what gets me is it you know it's taking the heat from the outside and bringing it inside. So it's it's basically like kind of like a reverse AC. But how it can capture that heat when it's even super cold outside is crazy. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. The uh, So kind of speaking to that, like, so in the summertime, how I explain heat pumps to people, we're pumping heat from inside to outside. We're getting rid of heat. So in the wintertime, literally you're reversing that process. So even if it's 40 degrees outside or 30 degrees outside, there's still heat in that air. Oddly enough, it doesn't feel like it. it's cold as whatever outside. Yeah. And it, it so it still can suck heat from outside. Through those refrigerant lines, it brings that heat inside and expels it inside through your evaporator. Coil. Is that is there a minimum temperature? Like, uh, can you have this in Canada and it works? I think or? it depends. I think they're getting better and better. If I, yeah, if I heard right. So in the eighties, when heat pumps started really coming popular, like they, they kind of got a bad rap because they were super drafty and like just not super great. Uh, and so people were like, "I want gas heat." Uh, but heat pumps now are getting really, really efficient, and the discharge heat that that the amount of heat that they can extract is so much greater now, to where they're uh, they're used all over the world. Um, but I don't live in Canada, and I've never sold an air conditioning system there. But 
I would want gas even. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, Makes but, sense. But to answer that question, though, is, uh, you know, a lot of air con- uh, heat pumps, if you don't have gas heat, many, many people have just heat pumps and they don't have gas heat. Once it gets into the, the 30s or so, air conditioner or that heat pump struggles to extract that heat from outside. So you have what's called auxiliary heat, which is kind yeah, of a... I've seen that light come on in the place I've lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, so that's actually... Uh, if you can imagine a, uh, so your heat pumps running and it's putting out heat and it's just not super, it's kind of drafty almost. And your thermostat's like, oh, we're not, we're not making, we're not keeping up. We need some extra heat. These heat strips turn on. And if you can imagine. Is it like a toaster? That's exactly, that was my analogy. You just took it from me. I don't, I'm, no, just, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> no, you, you, walked, you walked me straight toward it. I know. The light bulb went off. That's exactly right. Yeah, so if crazy. you, when you press the toaster down and you look down and you see all those little hot little heating elements, imagine those things on steroids inside your air conditioner. Super efficient, but crazy expensive to run those heat strips. But it kind of acts on auxiliary and it runs for a period time and it and it kind of brings it up to brings your house up to temp and then they shut off hopefully nice (laughs) so man that's good that's good any other tips yeah 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 you got for us there's a couple things whenever i talk about maintenance and you talk about preventative maintenance and the 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 need for it but this is no joke but probably 50 to 60 percent maybe even more of the service the demand service calls we have in the slap middle of summer and winter over half of those are preventable hmm I mean, by by regular maintenance and regular just making some adjustments, tweaking some things. Are you going to tell me to change my filter more than once a year? Yeah, I sure <laughs> am. I'm going to tell you to floss regularly too. <laughs> How's that for full circle? Uh, That's, <laughs> so one thing is this is uh, we talk about uh, the outdoor unit. is It literally is. People say like th- there's coils in it, uh, but it, literally it looks just like a big radiator, like from the inside. If you look on the inside of that AC unit, those are all these little metal aluminum fins that surround this thing. And if you run air, dirty air, lawnmower, debris filled air in the middle of summer, and you're just trying to suck, you know, pollen, pollen, all that, all that dust. I can't tell you how clogged those things get. Uh, you were speaking right to me because mine is so clogged up right now. <laughs> the uh, I've literally seen people's utility bills in the middle of summer, like, you know, go from what maybe should be a $225 a month bill at the height of summer, or maybe $250. And their AC unit is so dirty that their bill is twice that. Mm. And and I've literally cleaned air conditioning system, like just the outdoor unit, just doing a chemical wash on that outdoor unit. And it dropped their bills by $150, $200 that month just oh by gosh. simply cleaning it. Okay, I got to do that. That's a need. Now, <laughs> don't you need. don't you clean it from the inside out? Like if you're spraying it out with the hose, <laughs> is that right or no? You should. But quite honestly, if you can... Um, so there's catches with it, right? So you can you can do that. So DIY wires out there, you could totally clean your own condenser, and and I think you should honestly, but you have to be really careful. All those little aluminum fins that you see are uh, are really delicate, right? And so people are like, I'm going to get a pressure washer, I'm going to clean it really good, and all of a sudden it like fold, them all, fold all of them, <laughs> yeah. and you literally just destroyed your air conditioner. Yeah. Oh, um, so, but if you can get a hose, just a mild, gentle, like flow of water, just going over and watching, making sure those fins are really, you know, the power is, there's no power. It's not on. You have pulled the power to the unit or shut all the breakers off. Uh, the, uh, and that is on you to figure that out. Uh, you can, uh, <laughs> and there is a fin straightening 
tool if you've got yeah right? but I mean, this is that's, kind of tedious but you could do that yeah you could if that's where we are though we're that that we're ship's, probably that, beyond that ship yeah. sailed probably <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you could clean that unit even just with water I mean, that in and of itself would be a big deal. But a lot of times, if you were to pull the casing off that air conditioner and look at it, a lot of them look like dryer lint screens on your dryer. When you pull it off, you see all that lint. Like I've seen so many air conditioners that are just so – they can't breathe. Hmm. And and you can imagine – like what that can do, like it, that thing is literally overheating and screaming and it, it kills parts and breaks things like all the time. So if you literally clean your air conditioner, go YouTube it and you'll see it. And it's not super difficult and it'll pay you dividends. That's a good spring cleaning like checklist. Absolutely. Item. Yeah, like, that, I would yeah. I would say so. Listeners, um, turn your power off at the breaker and at the shutoff switch that you should have right next to the unit. Do both of those before you go to clean this thing because uh, that thing kicked on. Be bad times. <laughs> there, there's a just to scare your people is there's a lot of ways to die in heating and air. Just, cool. So, so if anyone wanted to know that, the uh, there's so that's really encouraging for everyone to just jump right in. Uh, but but you could do that safely and uh, and if you were able to just maintain it, you could even go to Home Depot. They sell some uh, condenser coil cleaning, like it's like a foam like spray aerosol can. I think it's like. I had I had a friend of mine. I was going to try this, and actually, I want to get your opinion on it. He researched and basically looked at the ingredients of the main active whatever chemical in these uh, condenser cleaners. It's the same stuff in basic oven cleaner. So I don't know if you've heard this before or not, but because I I was going to just try doing oven cleaner. I wouldn't leave it on there that long because it don't, probably don't could, do that. Don't do that. That's a bad idea. The, uh, it's yeah. oven cleaner, Tim. It's, <laughs> well, not, it's apparently the same stuff that's yeah, in these cleaners. I, I would venture to say what's in oven cleaner is a little bit harsher than what you would put on. Yeah, there. probably. Like, there, there's a lot of chemicals that you can – even a mild detergent, th- that would get you there. And I would I would okay. probably stop there. I mean, even the chemical washes that HVAC companies use, it's actually a base, not an acid. But it actually does take off – like micron micron levels of that aluminum thins and so if you if okay, you clean it too many times it'll it, like it causes more problems than help but you can just rinse it with some water even a, a soapy detergent even that do something than nothing is great um if, okay. if you were to be inclined to go do that yourself that's good okay I like that one. I might do it tonight. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that's, that's a Why great not? idea. <laughs> All right. So that was that was one. Um, another one, if we're still working out, outside, is your AC unit. If you have, if it's just ground, like it's just dirt that's around it, every time it rains, hmm. it just splatters up. Like if you look around the siding of your house and you just see like a thing of, you know, Georgia red mud splatter. Oh, yeah, I've totally got have that. Have you ever seen that before? Well, all that's on your air conditioner too. Uh, so my next little... Baby double tip here is put some pine straw around your air conditioner. Yeah. It'll keep that from bouncing up and it'll. And, and listeners it, that are, are hearing Tim say put some pine straw around your. Because people from like the Midwest and North, they think that's crazy that we use pine straw as what? mulch. Yes. No, it's it's totally a thing. Like That's not crazy. No, yeah. People will be like, why are you, why in the world are you using pine straw as mulch? <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you hear Tim say put some pine straw. It's because we use it as mulch. All right. Because we just got so much of it. It just makes total so sense. We need some sort of ground cover. Yeah, you need. So, okay. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're offended by if you, pine straw, if you've got any a, sort a neutral of ground covering, that's yeah, if you got biased. any sort of bare dirt around your outside AC compressor, you need to put some sort of ground cover around it. Um, that's yeah. I think that's just super easy, super simple, and uh, and then also like when you're cutting your grass, 
and you're weed eating, turn your AC off. Because like all that dust, everything that creates, it just sucks right in mm. into that thing. So don't just turn it off and then then do it. And then that'll also help. Uh, so that's my AC, like little things uh, that you can um, you can check. So kind of in review on those is put your hand over your air conditioner in the middle of summer. If it's blowing just cool air, it feels good. Something's wrong. And, and it may be kind of working. And if your bill's abnormally high and mm. that, that unit is kind of clean, you should probably call somebody uh, at that point. Good stuff. Um, the, uh, uh, this is interesting as well as, so we talked about cold air, right? Like we're, we're not making cold air, we're moving heat or whatever. Um, that's only half the story for HVAC systems. I, I tell people that HVAC systems do really three things. They, uh, they make, I'm doing this in quotes, but they make cold air. Uh, they filter your air if you can change that. But the next biggest, if not the biggest, is they remove humidity and moisture yeah. out of your air. It's a huge, huge deal. Um, I tell people that an air conditioning system around here, you can fill up a Home Depot bucket from moisture that you sucked out of your air in a single day on a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you can imagine that amount of moisture has been floating around in your air. So what happens is, is if you have a, imagine you have a five gallon Home Depot bucket that you want to pour water out of a drain every single day, all summer long, uh, those drains actually do exist. They are in your attic or in your crawl space, but they're constantly pushing water out. And if you are, if you have a two story house on a basement and then you have this air conditioner in your attic, which is really common here, sometimes, uh, I know in other parts of the country, they don't like putting HVAC systems in attics, but they love to do it here in hot Atlanta. All that moisture that we're removing out of our house and higher efficient systems can do two or three times that. The, all that water, if those drains get clogged, we're going down three floors. Like it, it'll oh, overflow yeah. your air conditioning system. So if you've ever looked up and being like, oh, there's a stain on my ceiling and I don't have any water pipes. We've had, we've had this question come up, I think, on the Facebook group page because mm-hmm. I think somebody was asking about this, about the best way to clean it. And uh, people were chiming in like, ah, dump some bleach down it, which may not be a bad idea. I don't know. What What is your recommendation for clearing out? Because And to let our listeners know, because they're probably thinking, what in the world does this get clogged with? It's really just like Middle. moldy gunk, kind of. I don't know how to yeah. describe it. It's just like a mildewy kind of That's pretty accurate. Uh, <laughs> it's like got some mineral content, I'm sure, as well. There, yeah. There's some algae and things. and then Algae, it, yeah. That's the, right. uh, but if your drain is not perfectly pitched, like at all times, sometimes there's little dips in it in the attic or whatever. Ah, right. So imagine that's filled up with water. When, in the in the wintertime, you're not – the AC is not running. And so that water just stays there all winter long, congealing and whatever. Mm. I don't know the – I've heard people say that if you run bleach consistently down a drain, down a PVC drain uh, in an attic or in different spaces, they say that it can make it brittle potentially. I don't – I've, hmm. I've heard that. I, it kind of makes sense to me. Uh, I've, uh, the most home remedy type thing is is, uh, is vinegar actually. They say it does a good – Okay. That makes sense. Um, just pouring it down that drain and just, you know, maybe like a cup of, of that, you know, on some with some kind of frequency. But what you can do though is if you know – Usually those drains exit wherever they are, like wherever the system is in your house, like those drains exit uh, usually where the AC units are outside. And so in the summertime, if it's all spongy wet, you know, like in that one random spot, that water one has come from your air conditioner, which was all the moisture in your house. Uh, But then second, what you can actually do is you can go get a shop vac. 
and just put it up against that white PVC drain, turn it on, and then you'll hear that. So if there's water stuck in there, you'll see your shot back almost kind of shake, and then it'll, you know, the hose starts coming, and then it, and it, sometimes it'll let an enormous amount of water come out of those that have just been sitting in there. Okay. Um, I so, like that. Too. So shop, shop back your drains. It's not a bad okay. idea. Okay. And a lot of you might have condensate pumps. So if you look down ah, at the, yeah. the, on the, like if you're on a slab or like a basement, your, your furnace is in the basement. You could what's, uh, have what's called a condensate pump where it's got to pump that water uphill. You know, so if you got the unit in the attic, it's gravity fed. It's just dumping out. But a lot of times you have a condensate pump. So so check that. That's where your line's going to start. Yeah, that's what. Out. And so that'll pump. If you have to pump water up where you can't have gravity exit that water out of your house, that little pump in the same way, usually water is always in there. And just like the congealing, you know, algae, whatever it is inside uh, those drains, that seems like you get algae blooms inside of those, the the reservoirs. Hmm. And so a lot of times you can actually remove that reservoir if you're careful and you can just empty it out, clean, clean just the reservoir and just Pop it back on. Yeah, because it'll have a float in it when, you know, that level gets up to a certain point and then it, it tells the, the thing to, to or turn on. And that can can that cause your unit to stop? Like, it, does it communicate with the system? Because, like, if it has a sensor and then the float's not working. Yeah. It, as long as – so it's a safety. As long as that safety is hooked up, it'll basically break the signal to the air conditioner to say, hey, you should shut off because we are no longer pumping water yeah, out. Yeah, we're backed up. The, yeah, we're backed up, and it'll shut it off if that safety hmm. is hooked up, which I can't tell you So if your AC, how many are not hooked up. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. If, you're, if your AC just stops working for some odd reason – uh, that might be one of the things to check if you have a condensate pump just to yeah, yeah. see maybe it's gunked up in there. This is these are my favorite and like where this can really avoid some embarrassment. But um, the uh, like that one is for sure. Like that's a good one. Like people's condensate pumps get super clogged, and so like clean it out and and that that can, that can help you out. But the uh, your thermostat batteries can make your thermostat your your AC stop working. Hmm. Ch- change your thermostat batteries, and you won't have to pay us seventy nine dollars to show up and be <laughs> right. like which. Usually we feel bad and we're like, look, just call us when it's broken. Like this one's on us and like hey, that we're, matters. we're paying it forward or whatever. But please change your thermostat batteries. Super, super simple. You can do it. It's not super difficult. If you don't know how, like Google it. But like that's a thing right. uh, to where you would be surprised how many times we show up to someone's house and be like, I'm really sorry to say this. And you you do it really slowly and, and just watch them. Don't even look at the thermostat and change the batteries <laughs> and put it back in. And it turns uh, on and they're like, I feel so stupid. Uh, uh, so that's one uh, thing that we get. The other thing that we get a lot is uh, your furnace. Usually there's a shutoff switch. It literally is a light switch. It looks like a white switch and it's right next to your furnace. And sometimes it's so terribly placed that it's the same height as a light switch right when you open your door. It's very possible that your air conditioning or your furnace is not working because you shut it off. Right. Um, so make sure that you have turned that like switch. Your kid came in and just hit the switch yeah, or something like that. that. It happens. It happens a lot. And so just, it's, there's little things, but I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate all these tips. And if you have any questions about HVAC stuff, there's a lot of knowledgeable guys on our Facebook group page. And so I was we'll, going to say a lot of those little simple battery type stuff, that stuff that in the forums, like people fire. Oh, off totally. All the time. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely be putting um, all Tim's company information on our Facebook group page. But Tim, go ahead and tell all of our listeners 
uh, you know, we've got listeners all over, but if you're in the metro Atlanta area, how, how, which website, how can they find you? Sure. If you are, we're going to go even more specific than metro Atlanta. If you live in Cobb County, uh, we are a hyper-local company, very, very, very much so. So if you are in Cobb County in Georgia, <laughs> call us. Uh, we're Summit Heating and Air. Uh, and just you can Google us. You can find an enormous amount of reviews. And on that's it. your website, summitheatingandair.com, because I looked it up earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but check us on Facebook. It's probably our we have a we have a crappy website. That's our marketing plan this year to so <laughs> fix that. Uh, so but Facebook is pre- is pretty clutch for sure. Okay. Well Tim's a good guy. And if you need any HVAC work in the Atlanta area, specifically more so Cobb, Marietta kind of area. Uh, he is your guy. So reach out to him. Guys, thanks so much for joining us once again. Hey, another call for uh, some reviews, some uh, Apple podcast reviews would be great if you got some time to do that. And we will Or catch wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen. Yeah, pod, or, uh, Spotify is getting. Up. Yeah, it totally is. I kind of switched over to that, actually. Me too. Yeah, so. Ever since Rogan went over. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much for uh tuning in this week guys and we'll see you we're, you know we're on every other week schedule just another reminder so we'll see you in two weeks from tonight see you